welcome back to another episode of Well-Lit Path. Uh, we're about to get into some praise and worship here very quickly. But first, how's your week been? Has the Lord been good to you this week? Now, before you do what I expect you to do and answer that question in your head, really, really think about it. Has the Lord been good to you this week? Did he take care of a burden you had? Did he walk through a trial with you? Did he give you time with your kids or your spouse? Did he let you wake up this morning? As you think about the answers to all those questions, do me a favor, pause the podcast. Wait, before you do, I want you to think about all the ways he's been good. The little ways, the big ways. And when you pause here in a second, say out loud, no matter where you are, Lord, you've been good to me. Ready? Pause. Okay, welcome back. How did that feel? Was it a little emotional? Was it a lot emotional? You know, so often I forget to just remember how good the Lord is and praise Him for it. I see it in my everyday, and I forget that my everyday is a blessing from Him. When really, He's just been so good to me. I have so much to praise Him for. What's your, what's your favorite way to praise? You know, for me, I love to sing. And matter of fact, I may sing during this episode. Why, you may ask? Well, this episode is all about praise and God's goodness and how he delivers us and strengthens us and rescues us. And David is going to lift God up in this psalm. And we're going to join him there right now. Psalm 18, beginning in verse 1. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. And he bowed the heavens also, and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub, and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. And the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he shot out lightnings 
and discomfited them. Then the channels of water were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered. At thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. He sent from above, he took me, and he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. And the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me and I did not put his statutes from me. I was also upright before him and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands and his eyesight. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward thou wilt show thyself froward. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but wilt bring down high looks. For thou wilt light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee have I run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation and thy right hand holden me up and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I've wounded them, that they were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me up with strength unto battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. They cried, but there was none to save them, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them small as the dust before the wind. I did cast them out as the dirt in the streets. Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people, and thou hast made me the head of the heathen. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they shall obey me. The strangers shall submit themselves unto me. The strangers shall fade away and be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, 
and let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God that avengeth me and subdueth the people under me. He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. You know, this psalm has a prescript that states that David sang this psalm to the Lord the day that the Lord delivered him from Saul and all of his enemies. So let's define our enemies before we get started. So our external enemies, who can they be? Well, we have those that would oppose the cause of Christ, the gospel of his word. Do we need to give them any thought? Does God have a plan for them? His perfect plan for them would be that they come to him through his son, but if they don't, does he have a plan? Let me give you a hint. The answer is yes. He's won a war for eternity, and those that oppose him will be smashed to dust under his feet. And the external enemies we can't see, the principalities of the air, the demonic focus that oppose God and his children, well, what about them? Have you ever, have you ever felt just utterly oppressed by a force you can't see? Something is just messing with your spirit and it's leaving you discouraged and your spiritual battery just seems to stay on empty no, no matter what you do. Well, has God conquered them as well? Well, of course he has. We need to simply bring it to him, get on our knees, and I mean physically get on our knees in his presence and ask him to fight that battle for us. I mean, he can equip us or protect us, but he will fight for us. I will say, though, that it's the internal enemy that's the most difficult. You are your own worst enemy. And I know that because I'm my own worst enemy. We let a little bit of sin creep in here. I let a little bit of sin peek around the corner there. And if I continue to let it peek around the corner, eventually it moves into the corner of the room. And before I know it, it's sitting on the couch in the room of my heart and it's just made itself a home there. And I struggle with getting it out. I want to get it out. What do I do? What should you do? Well, let me tell you what I do. I call my heavenly father and I say, Father, I, I get to call him that because he's my child, or I'm his child, rather. And I say, Father, I have this sin here. Yeah, I, I let it in. But I want it out. And I know you've forgiven me for this thing, and I know you've already taken care of it, but it's here right now, and I need it gone. Would you give me the strength to kick it out? 
Now that's called repentance. I don't want it here anymore, so it has to go. But I have to get it to go in my Father's power. He'll give me what I need to get rid of it, but I have to ask him. So these are the enemies that I want us to think about as we go through this psalm. And what I want you to do is when we get to a place that talks about an enemy, plug in whichever one of these enemies that you need it to be, that you need victory over today or this week or maybe right now. David starts out really simple, it seems. He says, God, I love you. You're my strength. Now, I want to spend the entire time we have on this verse, but I won't. He's not saying he loves God because he's his strength. David's saying he loves God, and that's how he defines his strength. Can we defeat our enemies in our own strength? Have, have you ever tried? How did that work out? It works out horribly for me. But God is my strength. And greater is he that is in me than anything else I may run into. Whom shall I fear if God is my strength? And you know what else? I love to love God. Because when I love God... The things I can do for him in his strength, just, it, it seems endless. Maybe sometimes we don't conquer as much as we could because our love is split. Maybe the balance is thrown off. The scale of love in our heart is ever dangerously teetering between our love for self and our love for God. And when we allow love for self to tip the scale, then we've made self the idol. And it's so easy to do. That, and that's why I love to love God. While it is harder, it's way more rewarding. And how strong is he? Well, he's the rock that I stand on, never faltering. He's the fortress of my protection. I'm safe in him. He's the only shield I should ever reach for. And when I blow the trumpet of distress or the trumpet of battle, he comes to me and he is the cavalry because he gave me Calvary and he is my salvation. He sets me up in a high tower where no one can reach me. If... I would only call on him in my distress. See, too often we have the trumpet, the, the horn, but we never raise it to our lips. We never cry or sound the cry of advance to call upon the Lord. You know, he receives praise when we call on him. And he's not ashamed to come to us in a time of need why are we ashamed to call on him in those same times? He's worthy to be called on because he's worthy to be praised. This is how we'll be saved from our enemies. Lord, I'm, I'm scared to death. 
It's okay. Call on me. Lord, I'm surrounded by all my enemies. I can't even see you. It's okay. Call on me. Lord, I'm going through a sorrow I can't see the other side of, and I feel like I'm languishing in, in, a, in this kind of hell that I just can't get out of. It's okay. Call on me. Lord, the, the snares that'll kill my joy and the pits that want to hold me in despair, they, they, I feel like I'm in one right now. It's okay. Call on me. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to call on you. Abba. Dad. I'm in distress. So I'm going to call on you. Why do we languish alone? Why do we fumble and stumble around in the dark? Do, do we really think he's so far away from us? And let's see how he responds to David, because I'm telling you, he'll respond to you and me no differently. Because you see, he heard my voice. He always does. He wants us to call on him. He delights when he gets to bless his children. And when our cry hits his ears, oh, our enemies better run. The earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills moved and were shaken because God got mad. God is the only one who can get angry the right way. And when he gets angry on our behalf, something stunning is about to happen. Someone or something is about to get hurt. Smoke from his nostrils and fire from his mouth. He's not playing around. The heathen want to persecute us, belittle us for the gospel. Like a fairy tale dragon, he swoops in and consumes them with fire, except he's no fairy tale. And the fire of his wrath cannot be quenched. It is severe and it is final. This is what he does on our behalf if we call on him and let him handle it. Ever heard somebody say, oh no, that, that, that person's about to get mad. A storm's a brewing. This is God literally brewing up a storm. All of the powers of nature are at his command. The earth fears and is in awe of his power. Pity on the thing or persons that dare stand against us, against him. His clouds of judgment are so heavy and thick that the earth grows dark under his feet. Can we incite this type of fear in anything? Do we have this kind of power? Why would we try to tackle our enemies alone when he's waiting to deliver us, to avenge us. David goes on and gives us so much poetry on the fierceness of our God and how he will decimate and strike fear in the hearts of those that would oppose us. But let's pause for a minute. We do need to realize that this is in reference to either actual persecution or when our enemy of self needs to be put in its place. Because the coworker that cussed you out when you tried to share Jesus, 
Uh, that's not a place God's going to swoop in and do some damage. Uh, that one's going to be a slow burn. If that person never comes to know Christ, God will handle them in the most terrifying way when he judges all the lost. But let's not mistake that for a vengeance opportunity and ask God to, to swoop in. Rather, what we should do is pray for an opportunity to share the gospel with that person again and again and again and count it joy that we were cussed out for the cause of Christ. So back to our fiery salvation. He shoots arrows and lightning at our enemies. Well, I mean, not literal arrows and lightning, but he will bring hurt and pain to them. And be careful here if your enemy is self, because he will scorch that part of you and it will be painful as it dies away. But he's making us a new creature. We don't need that part of ourself anymore. And when we feel like we're drowning, when we feel like everything is just so much more than we can handle, well, God pulls us out. There are going to be enemies that are too strong for us. His strength is made great in our weakness. Lean on him. Lean into him. Let him grab you out of the waters you're drowning in. He's right there. He wants you to reach out. And those people that want to see you fail, your flesh that wants you to give in to every desire you have, well, he'll deliver you because he delights in you. You make him happy. You make him happy. Can you believe that we make God happy? We make him happy when we call on him. We make him happy when we rely on him. He's pleased when we call out to him. He delights in our obedience to him. And what does that obedience look like? Lean on his righteousness. Because I, I can't be righteous on my own. I, I can't be clean by myself. I've let him, I've let him wash me and make me clean, and he's clothed me in his righteousness. And David has said in other psalms that the Lord is his righteousness, and in this psalm, it's no different. When he talks about his own righteousness, he's talking about his Lord, our Lord. He's the only reason we're clean. And how do we keep the ways of the Lord? By relying on him to keep us there. His requirements for obedience are right in front of us. Can we stay in them? Can we curb our own wickedness in his power and lean on him? And don't put his commands away from yourself. Embrace them. Heed them. He'll keep us upright in the way. He's how David kept himself from iniquity and from the sin that he wanted to do. He called to the Lord when that enemy started to rise within him, and the Lord rewarded him for calling on him by granting him the righteousness David sought, which was the Lord's 
righteousness. Has God been good to you? He's merciful to those that need mercy. He makes his purity the purity of those that seek him. And he'll be the light in the darkness when we need to see. You know, David goes through and he's describing all the aspects of God character, of God's character that he loves and that God loves to share with us in salvation. And we become partakers of that character. We become pure. We become clean. We're granted mercy. We become a light for the world because we reflect that light that he shines on us. We're made upright because he's righteous for us. Has God been good to you? When the way seemed narrow in front of you and it seemed like you were going to slip and fall, did he miraculously make where you needed to step larger? And when an obstacle rose in front of you that seemed insurmountable, did you find that you could simply leap over it when you called on him? When was the last time God showed you that impossible was just a word we made up when we saw a wall we didn't trust him to get us over? Leap that wall. He's your power. He can make you leap like a deer. He can make you run straight up the wall if you need to, but he will make a way. Who is God except our Lord? Who else can deliver us so completely, so instantly? There's no other name under heaven given to men by which we can be saved, in which we can have hope. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Who's our rock? Who's our cornerstone? Christ alone, cornerstone. He teacheth my hands to war. We're, we're in spiritual warfare here and God has equipped us. Yea, though I walk through the valley, where I wrestle not against flesh and blood, I've got a battle belt of truth. I've got a Kevlar vest of righteousness. My boots aren't from 511. They're from a holy heaven, and they're the gospel of peace. I've got the riot shield of faith because the wicked are riotous, but my faith remains a strong shield against them. And the thoughts of my head are protected by the helmet of salvation. Jesus fights off the thoughts that would cause me to fear, to doubt. My salvation is in the Lord. And my sword, my weapon of war, my mighty M4, it's the word of God and every bullet in the magazine pierces straight through to the heart of the enemy. So get up, Christian. Don't sit, Christian. And don't just stand there, Christian. Go to battle, Christian. Let's wage some war together. There's no enemy that can outrun us. There's no place that they can hide. I don't, I don't need a t-shirt that says, not today, Satan. I need a t-shirt that says, bring it, Satan. You've already lost.
God's given us the necks of our enemies. Why do we fear them? Why do we fear our flesh? Why do we fear the ones that can destroy our body? And why do we fear a little persecution? Our enemies will cry out and there will be none to save them. And God will destroy those that hate me because my Lord said they'll hate me the same way they hated him. How dare anyone think they can be the enemy of God? How haughty and high-minded, how utterly wrong and how utterly destroyed they'll be. He'll give us the strength to beat them small as the dust before the wind. You want to talk about some dust in the wind? The only people God will preserve are his people. Everyone else will be as dust in the wind. They'll be cast down and cast out and they'll be separated from God, not just and not just separated but forgotten for eternity, like so much dust. And from the dust he made us, and he'll return those to the importance of dust to be forgotten that reject him. But us has he delivered. Through his grace and mercy, he's given us his son to believe in, and in that belief, in that faith, in his grace, we find redemption. In this sure hope, we find deliverance. We find salvation. Our enemies flee before us when we command them to in his name. Principalities submit to us when we call on the name of Jesus. Those that choose to be strangers to God will fade away. They'll meet their end. Their lives will be worth nothing. They'll live their life in fear, and in eternity, their fears will become reality because their unbelief does not change the fact that the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. God avenges us. God keeps us. He subdues the enemy. Praise him, praise him. Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, seeing, O earth, his wonderful love proclaim. He is able to deliver me. He is able to deliver me. Though by sin oppressed I come to him for rest, my God is able to deliver me. He raises me up and delivers me from the violent man, the backward man, the wicked man, even if that wicked man is me. And therefore will I give thanks unto the Lord. This is why I'll praise the Lord. This is why I'll worship the Lord. Because when he could have left me in the dust of my life and not cared a hill of beans for me or my lot in eternity, he said, no, I, I want you. 
I want to redeem you. You're mine, and I want you to be my child. And in verse 50, put your name in place of David's name. We're anointed. We're priests and conquerors in him. So in verse 50, great deliverance gives God to his children. He shows mercy to his anointed, to Tom, and to the family of God forevermore. I can't wait for eternity. Join the song they're already singing. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Just bow down before your throne. See your face, I cry out, because you're holy, holy, Holy are you, Lord. Jesus, King of kings. Jesus, majesty. Can you wait? Can you wait to be there standing in his presence? Listen, when we get there, save me a spot next to you because we will not sit and we'll only stand for a little bit. But I can't wait to kneel together with you. Listen, thanks for walking with me a little while as we read the word together. Won't you join me again next week? and we'll walk just a little further. If you like the podcast, go ahead and hit that follow button. If you have any questions about salvation or general podcast questions, uh, reach out to us via email at podcast at lakeworthbaptist.org. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Facebook by looking for LWBC underscore publications.